We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. KJ Podcast, my people, we have real NFL news to analyze and dissect. Players have been on the field, new guys are making moves, roles are being shifted, Kyle Shanahan's giving tremendous quotes, 32 teams around the league are practicing, it's NFL season, 2018, the start of training camp is essentially week one, if you follow this sport, the news, listen, it's training camp and it's a grain of salt, it's not everything it does not paint the whole picture but it gives us a glimpse into some potential we have a lot to cover i want to get to dante pettis matt Breida, marquise goodwin richard sherman the traits on offense and defense that are just kind of who this football team is and then what a week one win at minnesota would do for this football team i think that week one game is actually bigger given the circumstances and the opponent Again, welcome to the show. Please rate on iTunes five stars. Tell a friend. We are organically growing this network, have big announcements in the next few months or so. I think we should just recap a little bit of what's happened so far. San Francisco 49ers have had four days of training camp. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Pads came on during the weekend. Jimmy Garoppolo's looked pretty good. He's connected on some deep balls. Marquise Goodwin's been a star. The receivers have looked really good. 
Defensively, nothing major. There's been no injuries. People have been flying around. Ruben Foster flying around. Nice little start to training camp. You've had no major bumps or bruises here. I think the 49ers are conducting a nice professional training camp. There are developments happening, though. And I think you start with Dante Pettis. Four days into training camp, Trent Taylor sidelined with the back injury. This second-round pick at wide receiver is jumping off a little on the tape. Jimmy Garoppolo called it his wiggle. The way he moves his shoulders at the start of the route and distracts a cornerback, and they're not looking at his feet the same. Dante Pettis is going to get open in the NFL. Kyle Shanahan took this guy in the second round. What it does, it could alter some playing time and some of the plan that Kyle Shanahan maybe developed in the spring. Training camp is used. Hey, whoa, we've got a young player who's a lot better than we thought. We are going to tweak some things. I think Dante Pettis, they're going to try him in the slot a little bit, but I ultimately think he's your outside guy where you line up Pierre Garcon and Goodwin on the same side of the field, interchange them in the slot, and you have Dante Pettis schemed up with less safety help and more one-on-one matchups. I think it's going to take him time to get used to NFL zone coverage, but look at what he's doing on the field against man coverage. I tweeted it. I think Dante Pettis is going to be a red zone weapon for this football team inside the 20. Kyle can do this in an I formation, two wide receivers jam a bunch of tight ends and they, they don't have safety help for Dante Pettis. And he's going to wiggle wide open for a touchdown like he did at Washington. So this is an exciting development. I don't know if it's going to pan out and be true. And it's, too early to make snap judgments, but Dante Pettis, I think, has been the big story out of 49ers training camp. It's a second-round pick. It's not a shock if he comes in and makes plays. Is this going to ruffle the feathers a little, Pierre Garçon and Marquise Goodwin? I don't think so. They're both outside guys. I think Goodwin's probably better fit in the slot. Pierre really has never played slot receiver and That's not his type of skill set. He's a good route runner over the middle of the field. But I I just think Dante Pettis is going to show that he's really good. And if it's third and seven, you kind of want him on the field. Maybe not week one, week two, week three. They could ease him in a little bit more. If Jimmy G struggles a little bit, I I don't know. Dante Pettis, to me, I've only seen a couple of these videos. Obviously, I'm not on the scene every day like I once was. I'm texting a couple people. I mean... It's training camp. It's been four days, but I think Dante Pettis could shift some things on offense in a positive way for the 49ers. KJ Podcast, San Francisco 49ers training camp in Santa Clara. More fans there, more energy. The rookies running around, getting everyone charged up. I like the feelings and things I'm seeing on Twitter, everything I'm reading, people I'm talking to. Running back, um, I hate doing this because you can't really figure out this position. Preseason is going to give you more of a judge. I love Matt Breida. And there's headlines from my boy Mayoko saying Joe Williams looks like a changed guy. Here's why I don't like that. Matt Breida needs more touches. And if you want to start getting Joe Williams on the field, that means less touches for Matt Breida. He got 105 carries last year. I want him closer to 175. Guys who had 175 last year, LeGarrette Blunt, Deion Lewis, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon in Minnesota, this backup running back who's actually half starter. You start to throw Joe Williams in the mix, and Breida gets less than 105 carries. I don't think he can develop into that type of back. Yes, he's 5'11", 190, but 
he's physical up the middle. It reminds me of Alfred Morris when he's running up the middle, but he's a much better receiver. He's got better footwork. I love Matt Breida. I've been on him since that mini camp. I think it was May last year. I think it was really strong pickup by the 49ers scouting department. They're late round guys and undrafted guys last year. Some of the better young core players. So yeah, I, I like seeing Joe Williams hit a 65 yard home run too. You get different takes on this KJ podcast. I don't think it's a great thing if Joe Williams is going to be taking Matt Breida off the field. We'll see. We'll see. If this guy is hitting home runs like that, then of course it's good for this offense. But in the big picture, I think Matt Breida is going to be more reliable, a better pass catcher, just a better back overall. And we'll see with Jarek McKinnon too. You sign someone for $30 million as a, at running back, Fans and I think the coaching staff and players in the locker room are going to expect McKinnon to be good and be starting and getting at least 65% of the carries. See, Carlos High last year had 240 carries. That was a career high. Devonta Freeman in 2016 had 227 carries. Tevin Coleman had 118. That was the year Kyle was calling crazy, amazing games for the Atlanta Falcons. They were destroying everyone. Is it that type of ratio, 227, 118? I don't know. I don't know who's going to hit 200 carries. 175 is maybe me being crazy with Brita, and they can't get it that high year two. And Kyle does like to spread it around. But I just think this guy needs a football in his hands. I posted that video clip. I think I took it from a fan, Niner Noise, something like that. Um, he, he shook Ruben Foster out of his cleats. That's something that doesn't happen often. It's training camp, it's hype videos, it's not real football, but this is a projection of players here. I'm projecting Dante Pettis to have a much bigger role than I thought a couple weeks back. Same with Matt Breedham, just because I think he's damn good. I think he's on that Deion Lewis, Tevin Coleman type of level if he gets that type of workload. This offense is just more explosive in general. Jet McKinnon, McGlinchey at right tackle, I'll say that he's more explosive than Trent Brown, even though we're getting reports out of New England. Trent Brown looks like one of the best O-linemen in Patriots camp. McGlinchey struggled a little bit. There could be a year one adjustment period for McGlinchey. I think fans should be cautious of him coming in and dominating. I still think they're going to be able to run the football better to the right side, and that will help the offense as a whole. I think he could struggle a little bit in some pass protection situations which this team right now does not have that blocking tight end. You can call Selleck that. I guess he is that. Because they got rid of Logan Paulson. Kittle's your receiver. Hikatini's your receiver. You could see a lot of Garrett Selleck next to Mike McGlinchey this season. I'm thinking it's early. But uh, he wasn't known as that just mauling pass protector at left tackle there. In Notre Dame, he's eventually going to be left tackle here when Joe Staley leaves, you'd think. Unless this pick isn't good. I I like the McGlinchey pick. I remember tweeting and saying on draft day, I thought they could have gotten someone better there, but I do think it's going to be an upgrade in the run game. This team's more explosive with Dante Pettis. That's the theme here on offense. Collectively more explosive. Doesn't even resemble a Trent Baalke football team. The depth at receiver right now, it's going to be hard to cut Richie James. He's, uh, he moves differently. I, Aldrick Robinson's gone. I love him. He's a veteran. He's bounced around. They, they just, he's, he's getting older, and they have younger, more explosive players now. Burbridge is good at special teams. That was a 
Chip Kelly pick that he's not bad. He's he's hung around. But again, Kendrick Bourne. If it be, if it's between Richie James and Aaron Burbridge, special teams does matter. And then you keep Raheem Mostert and you keep Richie James. I think it would be Raheem Mostert and Richie James or Joe Williams and Burbridge. You're going to have a special teams guy at either receiver or running back there. I think that's going to be a big roster decision that I want to see play out in the preseason. If Mostert's making plays at running back too, then Kyle's going to be like, we can't get rid of this guy because he can step in there. He had some big plays at running back last season. And you're like, oh yeah, also he can return kicks. Oh yeah, he can tackle people on special teams. It's kind of an overrated thing. There's not really kick returns and punt returns for touchdowns anymore. Those things don't happen. Dante Pettis, let's hope that changes with him. You can sometimes randomly find that type of weapon, those Tyreek Hills. But yeah, things taking shape on offense. I think a lot of things offensively are coming to the forefront. We're figuring some things out about this football team. Defensively, not as much. I told you, the pass rush, you're not going to be able to tell in training camp. We've seen DeForest Buckner have some would-be sacks. It's good to see their movement here, but it's just not physical. We don't want injuries right now. If you're the 49ers brass, if you are watching this football team, you don't want the D-line and O-line going so hard every day. Even the Browns are resting Miles Garrett for veteran days. They don't want injuries to some of their top players. I wouldn't mind sitting DeForest Buckner, even Colbert and Tart. Nah, maybe not Colbert. Certain people have to earn their stripes, but at least DeForest Buckner, some of those veteran days, that rubs some of the veterans the wrong way because there's different coaching styles. But I'm thinking about a 17-week football season. We're about to play a dumbass four-week preseason here to sort out roster spots 40 through 53. Total random side note, but I do think that the Alliance Football League could shorten the NFL's preseason because you just get such a better look at all these guys. If you cut Richie James and then he goes and has a really, really nice year in the Alliance League, and that's awesome. You bring him back. Make sure you pay him more money when he's an undrafted guy here looking to sign somewhere. So, yeah, uh, random note there. But I, I do think these developmental leagues can – then you can cut down the preseason. The NFL will be like, you know what? Yeah, let's be in partnership with these people. It's not a competition. Not we're not. The NFL can destroy anyone. They don't have to here. Use another little avenue to help make the league better. KJ podcast firing off a lot of takes. Yeah, defensively, you're not going to learn too much. I don't think they've been reporting as much where Solomon Thomas is lining up. Seems like he's had an okay camp. Um, Brock Coyle been starting quite a bit. They. This is what the 49ers and coaching staffs will do. If you have really good habits, film room, you're smart and sharp, weight room, you're staying extra, you don't make a mistake like Brock Coyle outside of the practice field, he deserves to start. They're showing Fred Warner, hey, you want to start? Be like Brock Coyle. I think that's a nice strategic little play from Kyle. Listen, a football coach and setting these practice lineups It is about pushing buttons. It is about getting under someone's skin. What do I need to do to get there? Football coaches reward people that are with the program, and they show rookies that, and they send messages with these things. Fred Warner has had an interception. Again, hard to tell with linebackers. I mean, in coverage, I guess they have not been able to keep up with these 49ers running backs. That's not a shock. Malcolm Smith hasn't practiced yet. That's not good for him. I don't think he would be cut. I think they would at least go in the season. They want to see what he looks like on the field. 
you do want to carry depth there. I don't know anything about Corey Toomer. I got to be honest. I haven't seen one thing about him, so I don't think you're counting on him. But yeah, I'm, I'm high on Fred Warner being. I've said I say this every time. He could end up being the best player out of this draft class. We'll see with Dante Pettis. I'm a little bit encouraged by that. I'm getting a little bit out of my seat looking at Dante Pettis wiggle around the field. Uh, I think Jimmy G and him are going to develop a nice little thing. Secondary, I think we should, let's go there. The huge viral video taken by my guy Rob Loader. He's on it. I mean, this guy posts the best videos about the 49ers. He's with Niners Wire and my buddy Chris Biederman. He gets this video of Marquise Goodwin burning Richard Sherman. No press coverage. No help over the top. It's a one-on-one football drill. Don't overreact. I do think Marquise Goodwin could be fantastic this season. It's not going to be a surprise. The rest of the NFL will be like, Wow, I mean, he's great. Jimmy G, the chemistry they have. 49ers fans are expecting this and would be surprised almost if it doesn't happen. Listen, he did dominate with Hoyer in practice last year too. I mean, he he has a second gear that you need safety help over the top. He he changes the way the defense has to play, and that could be huge. Jimmy G just has to prove he can connect often. Good to see there. Richard Sherman, I don't think that he looks uber, uber fast, and I think he needs more time. I mean, I love his cocky energy of being back on the field. He just needs more time. The Niners are going to have to live with a chance that he's not fully recovered. And they do have to play Jimmy Ward some with the Killer Witherspoon. I mean, that's nightmare, worst case scenario, but that's why Jimmy Ward is on this roster. He's going to be getting burned some too. Listen, corners get burnt, and that's going to be a fact here. Everyone's still really high on a Killer Witherspoon too. You guys know... I- I'm not obsessed with him, but I do think he's a solid player. I just think people are getting the hype train out of control. I'm higher on Adrian Colbert and Tart than I am Witherspoon. Who knows? Richard Sherman could get picked on too. I'll be interested to see how they do the matchups. Are they going to lock down one side of the field? Probably. But if Richard Sherman's that top dog, will they have him shadow some? Uh, I mean, week one, they have Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, they're going to have some tough matchups at receiver. I'm not throwing Brandon Cooks in there yet. The Rams are paying Brandon Cooks. Like I'm, I should be scared of him. We'll see. KJ Podcast. I, there's so much to talk about. I love when it's just me firing off takes. And it's you know not the summer. And we're just like, oh, what, what, what should happen? I don't know. I mean, I love you guys for still listening this summer. This is critical information. This is pieces to the puzzle here that is going to end up mattering. So yeah, 49ers, how they're different this year. Offensively, they're collectively explosive. They're better on the O-line and faster. They're better at receiver and faster. They're better at running back and faster. That is the theme across the offense besides Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the rest. I mean, he needs 10 players to work, and he's got faster guys. This is more of a Kyle Shanahan team. They couldn't scrub the entire bulky holdovers last year. Carlos Hyde wasn't the correct fit for this offense. Jarek McKinnon will be. Defensively, it's about mini star power right now. It's about DeForest Buckner, Ruben Foster. How big is Richard Sherman's star still? And then how big could Colbert and Tart get at safety? Does one of those guys take a leap? This is kind of dumb to think, but how many guys can get to be rated 90 overall in that? And like, how many stars can you collect on defense? The early Niners of the decade did that. 
Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, Justin Smith. Dante Whitner at that time was a pro bowler. Carlos Rogers was a damn good corner at that time. You literally need stars at all these positions. So who makes the leap this year? And can Solomon Thomas go from mediocre to, oh, on the rise like DeForest Buckner was his rookie year? Can he have that type of impact where you see that type of potential? It's all about growth across the board, but there's more star power on this defense if all the pieces play to their potential. I think the offense is more collective. We're going to spread the ball. Kyle's going to pick the right matchup and dice someone up. Defensively, it's okay. We have a couple, We have holes at pass rusher. We have a lot of young players everywhere, but we have like four or five guys that are actually nasty and look really good on tape and smooth and athletic. And how big of a leap can they take? What does Robert Sala do as a play caller? We're going to analyze that from week to week and figure it out. But that's that's the table. That's what's set right now. Like there's nice little positive momentum being felt out of Santa Clara right now. This is a good place to be as a football fan. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not obsessed with the secondary though. I think people are starting to get overhyped with it. I think they are going to struggle some. I don't think this is going to be a perfect year from the secondary. You can pull up this tape from me, July 30th. I'm not thinking this is a top 10 secondary. I think it's like 11, 12, 13 on the cusp of being top 10. But I could also see it being like 17th. I could see it struggling some as all the pieces gel together. So much potential. If all four of those guys are playing well, Richard Sherman, Akillo, Tart rocking people up on the line of scrimmage, Colbert being the ball hawk, getting interceptions deep, leveling people deep. It's physical, rangy. They all really they they should theoretically fit well together. I need to see it first before I'm totally sold. I, this team is going to stop the run. I'm confident of that. At least week three, when Ruben Foster is back on the field, DeForest Buckner, you play Solly more inside. You can't really run up the middle. And then you can try and gash to the outside. Richard Sherman's a good tackler. Killer Witherspoon's got to prove that. They could be running a lot to his side. If I can pick and scheme where I would go as an offensive coordinator, that's probably a weakness. There are more weaknesses on defense than offense for the San Francisco 49ers, but there's more star potential in the future. I think that's a good way to sum up what's happening. Training camp, NFL, Kevin Jones podcast, KJ podcast. Been following all the reporters, my friends down there, texting some of them, hanging out with actually a few of them at a birthday party. I like analyzing the news for you. This is a predictive analysis podcast. I think this is the future of content. This is informed, team-specific You don't have to go to the radio and figure out, oh, gosh, I got to listen to them ramble or do this interview. So I appreciate you guys for riding with me. There's there's big podcasting news in the horizon. Recapping, Dante Pettis is going to be a problem sooner than we think. And if that's the case, Kyle can't keep him off the field. And if that's the case... There's going to be some slot movement. I don't think Dante Pettis is going to be in the slot all the time. You're going to have Goodwin in the slot some, potentially Garcon. You're going to have to figure some things out. I think this is a red zone, situational chess piece 
matchup weapon. Dante Pettis could end up with five, six touchdowns using that wiggle, his shoulders and those feet. He looks differently. I think Biederman asked it. He's got blue hair. He likes cats. He's an eccentric dude. I have not interviewed him, not talked to him. You know, some people, I mean, saw his interviews, and I, I don't want to call him out, but some people called him soft. So this is a nice development in training camp. Doesn't mean anything, really. We've seen receivers win in practice before and not be able to do it on Sundays. But this is about potential and looking at early on in the season spots to put him and be successful. Kyle's envisioning that right now. Kyle's getting glimpses of light bulbs are going off in his head. Uh, Matt Breida, I am team Matt Breida over Joe Williams. Joe Williams hits home runs. We've seen it in training camp. Let's He might get some opportunities, but I think force-feeding Joe Williams 40 or 50 carries this year is going to stunt Matt Breida's growth, and I'd rather go all in with Matt Breida and have him be that high-quality backup that he's going to be a fantasy player. Like He's going to be a top 15 to 20 running back if he reaches that potential He's shifty with his feet. He's powerful inside. I said it reminds me of Alfred Morris on the inside, but he's a better receiver. The 49ers hit a home run with an undrafted pick. I think this guy's going to make an impact this year. I think it was 436 rushing yards last year. I would, I would expect closer to 700 this year. I would, I would like that to be a goal for Matt Breida. Defensively, yeah, I, I think this team has star power. We just went over that. Everyone's healthy. It's been a solid camp so far. Jimmy Garoppolo's hit some deep balls. I'm not worried about Richard Sherman. I am wondering if he's going to reach full speed because you're making excuses right now if you say Richard Sherman looks fine. He looks a little slow, but that's not the end of the world right now. There's still a lot of time and a lot of healing and a lot of rehabbing to go. We're still like, what, 40 days? Even more than that, like 45 or something from week one. Let's go there. I mean, week one at Minnesota against Kirk Cousins, that type of storyline. If the 49ers win that, they're not going to be expected to win. There's people picking Minnesota to go to the Super Bowl. The 49ers are going to be underdogs, which I love in week one on the road. They're going to play with an energy. They're going to come out with scripted plays that they feel really comfortable that are going to make an impact. Oh, I love this week one matchup. Kyle knows how big this will be, winning on the road week one and then getting Detroit at home week two. That's You're sitting at 2-0, and oh, and then you're really feeling good about yourself with two road games against Kansas City and LA Chargers. So yeah, I, I think week one, you could continue that five-game win streak. You could say, we are rolling. And then you could you might steamroll Detroit. If you go and sneak a win out of Kirk Cousins... Minnesota, and then you're going to be favored by possibly a touchdown next week, and I think you could win 38-17. And people are like, oh, Matt Stafford, his stock is so cold. Look at the 49ers. And then you got to worry about feeling yourself. But I'm, I'm setting this season up and setting the table and saying if things are going right, you start 2-0 and without Reuben Foster, potentially your best defensive player, ooh, ooh, baby. You're getting some touchdowns to Dante Pettis or you're getting some big plays. This offense feels different already. Oh, my. We harped on it all offseason. Garcon has not been involved with Jimmy G yet. He's getting older. There's, There could be pressure for his playing time if he's not in tip-top shape, but I am Pierre's biggest fan. I have no doubts that he's going to be contributing 6 for 80 on a weekly basis and filling his role 
of wearing a defense down. He wears a cornerback down. He goes hard as shit. I I like him on this offense. So yeah, no, week one is actually big. You lose it, it's not that big of a deal. You win, you could create a nice little avalanche that you're riding down. KJ Podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I gave you any hot takes here, but some projections for some young players on this football team where this thing could get humming. It's very easy to see this. Listen, I was so negative on this team when I covered them in 2016 and I got here. I was not a homer. I'm not a homer. I call it as I see it. I said 6-10 and 10 last year. I think I said 3-13 and 13 with Chip Kelly and Blaine Gabbert and just not seeing Kaepernick. It ended up being 2-14. and 14. Don't want to hype myself up that I'm Nostradamus or anything, but I really think 9-7, and 10-6 and six is very, very attainable for this football team. There's going to be trials and tribulations. Kyle says that. There's going to be adversity and injuries and, oh, God, like, no. Like, bad things are going to happen. Football is emotional. It's why we're obsessed with it. It brings us together. It's a common thing here. The NFL is great. It has a grip on this society. And... They're a messed up organization with so many flaws, but this this sport, for all the bad things you can say about it, CTE, all the transgressions off the field, all the political stuff happening in the game now, football still captures the imagination. It's still the most watched thing on television. It, it's a made-for-television sport. As we still evolve in the digital age, Like football is meant for TV. It really is. You sit down for three hours on your couch at a sports bar and watch it. I love doing football with you guys. KJ Podcast, let's get more people involved. Send this link to your friend who's a 49ers fan, to your friend who's obsessed with the NFL, who loves podcasts. Let's get more people involved. Let's share this thing, be grassroots. Talk about NFL differently. Let's put everything on the table. Let's not worry about what PR people are going to think if you just say the truth. Let's literally just talk football twice a week, 90% about the San Francisco 49ers, 10% about the Redskins or Browns, who I used to cover. Uh, Alex Smith, that hype train is getting out of control. The Redskins media is obsessed with him. They're watching his every movement. They're interacting with him differently than Kirk Cousins. He is more professional. Does that equal more wins? Alex Smith is 2-5 and five in the playoffs. He's a nice little piece at quarterback. He can make plays. Here's who he's not beating in a head-to-head matchup in the playoffs. Drew Brees, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. I'll throw in Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll throw in Kirk Cousins with that Minnesota defense. The Redskins played a short-sighted game at quarterback, and their fans are excited about a 34-year-old at that position. Listen, I know 49ers fans love him too because he he gave you guys some good moments. He persevered through coaching changes, front office turmoil. He became something serviceable here. I just think the Redskins fans are kidding their hopes up for no reason. If you make the playoffs, that's all the Redskins are shooting for. They don't even want to win a playoff game. That's their franchise now. If they go 9-7, and seven, it's an amazing season. They're, they don't play for championships anymore, and that's what's infuriating. Browns are going to be on hard knocks. It's going to be really cool for me to see behind the scenes working in Berea. The best experience of my professional career was working for the Cleveland Browns inside a facility, seeing assistant coaches, scouts, just having relationships, learning the game. 
just being immersed in the game. Listen, they were they went seven and nine the first season I was there. I saw one of the heydays in Cleveland's time. I think they go six and ten this year, maybe five and eleven. Anything worse than that, they've got to fire Hugh Jackson. It's, that's just three years is enough time to figure out if a head coach is good or not. It doesn't even matter. The talent level is not that crazy different. They have a they have a top twenty roster probably in the NFL. How crazy is that? Maybe maybe top twenty five. All right, I had to get those thoughts out. KJ Podcast, San Francisco 49ers, your home of NFL predictive analysis all season long. We're going to have good content and deliver it to you later this week. KJ Podcast, we're out. Now rolling to the gap, this radio spot is the Labor Day BRFS 15-second radio spot. Fisky code GAPO7128000. This is a 15-second radio spot, stereo monocompatible. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99, polos from $14.99. It's insane. Grab your friends. Banana Republic Factory. See you there. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.